0: Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include. Random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety. The entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain with the most unathletic man in Bill's Mafia, Vince Taylor.
1: That man was absolute dog water.
2: What is up, Bill's Mafia? Thank you for tuning in to Buffalo on the Brain. I am your host, Vince Taylor, you are listening to me on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, where you can get brand new content every single day of the week. Every single day of the week, there's a new podcast. There's new podcasts that have joined the network recently, and that's not even including all the work that goes into all of the YouTube shows over on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channels. If you're looking for Bill's content, we've certainly got it. We've got it in spades. Feel free to check us out. Leave a thoughtful review we always appreciate that. But on to this week, usually in this spot. The, the Bills game's already been played. And I'm able to give you a recap and some gut reactions and some thoughts on the game that we had just seen with the Buffalo Bills. Usually when you're tuning to me on Monday, that might be what you're looking for. But in this case, when you turn this on, the Bills will not have played yet because they play Monday night against the Tennessee Titans. Last year was a tough game for us. If you remember that it was sort of in the middle of the COVID outbreak, a lot of sports were kind of closing down. The NFL elected to play. They had some rules. The Titans decided they didn't want to follow the rules. And ultimately what happened, the league bent to the Titans and despite them being the bad guys and not following the rules and having practices and not being protected and having a COVID outbreak, we had to bend their schedule, ended up playing on a Tuesday night. Can you imagine that? The Bills are preparing the week not knowing which team they needed to prepare for. And if I remember correctly, that game did get officially canceled, and then they brought it back. Um, I think I'm right about that, but I don't – someone can correct me. But we didn't know who we were preparing for. And in the NFL, maybe in basketball, that doesn't matter as much. Maybe in baseball, it doesn't matter as much. But the NFL is matchup and opponent-specific. So what a ridiculous game that was. And you could tell if you remember watching that game. The Bills came out on fire. This was in the middle of Josh Allen's coming-out party. And the offense did not look in sync. If you remember, that was a tipped Andre Roberts interception. And yes, Josh Allen didn't have his normal stat line or what is normal now. But he didn't play bad either. And there was just a lot of miscues in that game where we had short fields and they were able to score and a lot of turnovers. And it was just, it was weird. It's playing on a Tuesday night in the middle of the week. And I've heard many times that NFL players are creatures of habit. And you know what? I'm finding out that I am too. I want my games at one o'clock. But that is not the case this year. So far this year, I'm knocking on wood. The NFL has been relatively COVID free. You've had a case here or there and no major outbreak. So nobody's losing a paycheck. We're not losing any games. The Titans are being good this year, I guess. we are not playing very good. They're in the bottom of the league at passing. You know, Ryan Tannehill is not having the same. Type of games that he was having last year. I still think he's a decent quarterback. I don't know that I'd put him in the top 10, but he is a good quarterback and he put up, his numbers are eye popping and are surprising. If you go back and you look at this numbers that he had for 2020, 33 passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. I remember seeing that last year and it was surprising. I know that he had had many good games but he, he actually had a really decent season. Of course they have now Julio Jones added to the mix. Julio Jones and the AJ Brown combination has not been what they have been expecting. They have both been hurt recently. And as it appears right now on Sunday afternoon, when I am recording this, both of them are scheduled to play tomorrow night against the Buffalo Bills, meaning Trey White, Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson. They're going to have their hands full. Um, I I know that we are a week-to-week league. We are. So who lost today? Well, that must mean they're terrible and everything they've done before this is trash. Well, I don't believe in that and I don't subscribe to that. I still think people can have and teams can have bad games. You have to start looking at things as a body of work. I don't know. A lot of people think that four games is a sizable body of work and you know, I, I'm not willing to write teams off that quickly. I still think the Tennessee Titans have the ability to put up points. However, I don't think this is a great matchup for them. They do run the ball with Derrick Henry a ton. A ton. A ton. They run him a ton. He's already got 600 rushing yards in this early NFL season. Uh, In fact, I think uh, 640 rushing yards. He is still getting it done. Seven touchdowns is the focal point of their offense. A lot of people think that Ryan Tannehill is good because Derrick Henry is the running back. And there's probably some truth to that. But the Julio Jones and A.J. Brown experiment this far in the season has not worked out. Not had a lot of games of all of them together. This, listen, I, I predict a Bills win, okay? I don't think this matches up well for Tennessee. I don't think their defense is very good. And I think the Bills' offense is well, it's probably the best offense in the league. I think there's weapons all around the team, and they are going to have a hard time keeping up. This is not going to be a shutout game. This is going to be a game where Tennessee gets their points. I think this is a coming-out game for uh, Ryan Tannehill and the two wide receivers that I had mentioned because I just think there's a lot of talent there. Julio Jones is not the same Julio Jones that he was in Atlanta. He's 32 years old he is wearing down historically speaking there's not been a lot of wide receivers that put up elite receiving numbers after their age 32 season Uh, and i guess i can define that as 1200 yards in a season now sure there's a lot of older wide receivers that can hit the 1000 yard mark but if we're just talking maybe 1200 yards in a season there's not been a lot in the history of the nfl I don't expect Julio Jones to be putting up 15, 1,600-yard seasons anymore. I think he's going to be right around that 1,000-yard mark. And A.J. Brown's young, and he's still good and developing. He's a fine wide receiver. He's they're both. You have to pay attention to both of them. And luckily for us, McDermott has been able to keep the Chiefs – I'm sorry, the Titans in check. We had the one hiccup last year where – like I said, it was a weird game played in the middle of the week, but we had beat them the two previous times before that, and we always do a really good job of keeping Derek Henry stifled. They're just not going to be able to put up enough points to keep up with Josh. I don't. Their defense is not going to get it. A lot of people are going to be surprised because they're looking at this game, probably looking ahead of it, but there's still some talent on this team. This is a team that's going to win their division because the rest of the division is, well, falling behind, although the Colts did win today big. But I am going to read you a few stats that seem to tell a story that shows how the Tennessee Titans are just absolute garbage. And I don't believe that. There's some talent here. They have the ability to score some points. I'm not buying into their early season struggles this quickly. I still think there's some talent here. So... Titans offensive line, not very good at pass protecting, at least so far this season for Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 20 times. He sacked on 10% of his dropbacks. He has a QBR of just 54.5. His QB rating is 89.5. Six touchdowns, three interceptions. He's going to be throwing a lot in this game because I think they're going to be doing a lot of catch-up. Their leading receiver right now on this team, Jeremy McNichols. Yeah, I know. Who the heck is that guy? I don't know. I've never heard his name before until I started looking into this this afternoon. But we know that's because Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have both been hurt. A.J. has 10 grabs for 130. He has played in four games. He's only missed one game. He's still not getting the targets. Julio has played in three. He has missed two games. He has 12 receptions for 204 yards. We know Derrick Henry is still a beast. He has 640 rushing yards and 7 touchdowns. Defensively, this team ranks 24th in the league for points against. They have given up 130 points. They are 10th in the league. So, with all the problems that their offense is having, they're still 10th in the league in scoring. Scoring a total of 132. Point differential is not great. Again, that defense is letting that team down. But because they have such a weak strength of the schedule and they play in such a weak division, the Colts are down right now. You have the Jaguars, you have the Texans, like they're just gonna walk to this division title. They're gonna run away with it, much like the Bills are, but I think the Bills are the much better team. If you're looking for a reason to tell me that I'm wrong and that this game was just a complete blowout where the Bills' defense holds up. That is going to come from a defensive line. Now, I am in love with Gregory Rousseau. I am. I kind of questioned the pick there for a minute, talk myself into being okay with it. And as time goes on, and he has these big plays, I'm all in. Now, he's on a rotation. I don't get to see him as much I like. Jerry Hughes doesn't seem to be popping so far this year. But you never know. This could be the week. But if I'm going to be wrong and the defense, if this becomes a blowout, not necessarily shut out, but if if this becomes a blowout, it's going to be because of the defensive line going against that subpar Titans offensive line and getting to Tannehill. Tannehill is not as mobile as a Patrick Mahomes. Tannehill is not as mobile as a uh, Taylor Heineke. Taylor... Tannehill's game is not running around behind the line of scrimmage, extending plays. His play is to hit the open receiver from the pocket and run a lot of play action. So if our defensive line is getting to them, which is a very real possibility, I don't have to be right about this. I just have a feeling Titans are going to get their, their groove back in some ways. They'll still take the loss, but they'll score a few points. But I'd love to be wrong, and if I'm wrong, feel free to let me know because I'm just going on what my gut feeling is at this point. And yes, yes, I know. I can hear you thinking it right now. But, Vince, isn't this the same team that lost to the Jets? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But, as I said before, we're so much focused on, on week to week, and every time a team wins or loses, we're so quick to write them off or recalculate or readjust what our perception of a team is, and I, I don't buy it. I think you have to look at things over the long haul. I'm not even sure four games is a long enough sample size for a team to start fighting their groove. Uh, it's just me, you know. I, I Chargers lost today. I still think the Chargers are a good team. They played a terrible game today. The Chiefs are down big time, and yes, the Titans lost to the Jets. The Jets, but, but I don't. I'm still have a little belief in this Titans team. They're not an AFC conference contender, but they're a playoff team. They will be a playoff team. They might be not a strong one, but they will definitely be in the playoffs. So this will be a quality win for the Bills, much like a quality win for the Bills last week against the Chiefs. Um, But every passing week makes me think that Pittsburgh game is just such an anomaly. It's just, let's start applying some of that logic as we go forward in the season, I think uh, we think somebody's good. I still think Cleveland's good. I've never been a Baker lover, but I like him a lot more than most. I think he's probably in the top half of the league. I think if you call him a game manager, that's a little harsh. Um, but he's somewhere between average and good. And he, that the Cleveland Browns were down again today, but that is a good team. That's a team nobody is going to want to face in the playoffs. That's going to be a tough out. I don't know. I'm just, I caution against uh, drawing conclusions too quickly and, and I guess judging things on a week to week basis, which we all do. I am, have been guilty of that and I will be guilty of that in the future at some point as well, but I, I try not to be. If you are looking for a prediction from me, I, I've changed my mind a little bit. I've kind of went back and forth on this game. I've always picked a Bills win, but I have not been consistent on how I, how many points I project the Titans to score. I think the store is going to be something like 35-17, but I am not completely surprised if the Titans are able to put up a couple of more points, something like a 35-27, but I, I think I'm going to go with 35-17. And we will move into a bye week thinking, good God, this is the longest week I've ever had in my life because we've had to wait no one o'clock games for pretty much three straight weeks. What a bunch of shit. Anyway, I have real or silly with my good friend, Justin Goddard over from the Wandering Buffalo. You can find them on Wednesdays now and Thursdays here on the Built in Buffalo Network. And in the mafia hot seat this week, I have more built in Buffalo family, starting with Misty Estelle, one half of the Not Your Average podcast, which comes out on Sunday mornings. So you can check that out before you go to the game or just have something different in your earbuds. Uh, She does a good job. She does a really good job. And she's just, she's very likable and she's a good person. So I'm very happy that she's not only part of the built-in Buffalo team, but that she has graced my podcast with her presence. Super fun. And Justice General is the other Mafia hot seat member. You know him because he's a robot and he's always making Bill's content. He's doing it right now somewhere. He's, he's doing a podcast and he's creating content somewhere. And uh, I think he was bred in a lab to make Bill's content for you. So I hope you enjoy that. Next week, with the bye week I will be doing a roundtable. No Mafia hot seat next week. I've decided I don't want to do it. I've decided next week is just going to be a roundtable discussion and maybe a recap and looking back and maybe looking forward and maybe we'll get some predictions in there. But uh, bye week is a good time to try to do something like that. I have a few guests lined up. Don't want to jinx it, but it's uh, some of my favorite people. So I hope you enjoy that. Without further ado, let me get you over to Real or Silly. Hi, Bills Mafia. This is Vince Taylor from Buffalo on the Brain on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. By now, you might be noticing that the Buffalo Bills are getting all kinds of attention from national media and other teams' fans. Many of these fans are not very happy about the success of our beloved team. But Vince, how should we deal with these fans and national broadcasters on Sunday Night Football? Easy. Just say, scoreboard. And that should be all you need to do but Vince what about those fans who continually bring up the four consecutive Super Bowl losses don't worry all you need to do is say scoreboard and gently remind them that those four consecutive Super Bowl losses are 30 years in the past and it's not relevant at all to today's NFL in this particular Buffalo Bills team quarterback by Josh Allen in 2021 but Vince what about those fans who don't believe Josh Allen is a legit NFL MVP candidate? Easy. All you have to do is extend the opportunity for them to actually watch Josh Allen play with their very own eyeballs. This should immediately change their mind. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can ask Chris Collinsworth. Thank you, Bills Mafia. I hope this helps in dealing with the many haters those mafia but for what it's worth has anyone seen a patriots fan lately for built in buffalo this is vince taylor
3: this is not your average podcast in the 716 we are back we're not on thursdays anymore on sundays before you head out to the game check out me and mike Not your average podcast, it is 716-GO-BILLS.
4: Hi listeners, thanks for tuning in to another great episode on the Built-In Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew. And I'm Justin. And we're the hosts of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. We like to consider ourselves average shows by day, non-professional Buffalo Bills podcasters by night. Andrew and I live and breathe Buffalo Bills football and are here to give you our insights. So this includes year-round content covering the free agency, the draft, training camp, and much more. It's so easy to digest, it's like having a beer with the boys. Hot takes, gut feelings, and whatever other places we might end up. Tune into the Wandering Buffalo podcast for content year-round, because in football, there is no off-season. And you can find us anywhere on the internet by searching the Wandering
2: Buffalo podcast. Go, Go, Go Bills. Bills! Hello! I have a fun game for y'all today. It's called, Is it Real or is it Silly? Silly.
0: Adjective. Laughable or amusing through foolishness or a foolish
1: appearance.
4: Is that for real?
1: Is it real? Silliness? Okay, is it real? Wow. Double L.
0: Silliness is defined as engaging in a ludicrous folly.
2: Ladies! And gentlemen of the mafia, you've been asking for it. I know you have. We're back with another real or silly with my guy over from the Wandering Buffalo, Justin Goddard. Justin, what's going on?
4: Vince, I am I'm am still riding up on cloud 9 after this Kansas City win. I'm still also behind on sleep from it, but man, that was worth staying up for. That was one of the most fun games I've, I've watched in a very long time yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was fighting it and you know, it gets after midnight and I'm old and I'm lame and I have been for years, (laughs) but I'm fighting it and uh, I'm trying to stay up to finish it, but I made it all the way through. And then of course I'm just, I knew that it was over probably somewhere around the seven or eight minute mark in the fourth quarter, but I still made sure to make sure that, my wife knew who won. I needed to. She's the Patrick Mahomes fan. I had to let her know. Uh, so I woke her up.
4: <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure she loved you for that.
2: Uh, she loves me anyway. But yeah, I, I, I had to be a little obnoxious.
4: Yeah, man. All all these years of people like and I was I was in that boat for a while of, you know, bills never get any primetime games, blah, blah, blah. That stuff didn't happen when when I was younger. And now that I'm older, I'm all about Sunday one o'clock kickoffs. I can can do something with the rest of my day after I can relax if I want to. This waiting all day to watch the game on Sunday night. Then you throw in the weather delay. that that was like four hours past my bedtime.
2: Yeah, I just, I need, I I guess part of me, I know football players like to have their consistent routines, right? So I want to play every day at once when I have to change my time, I change my schedule. I want the same thing. I want to watch football. I want to watch specifically the bills Sunday at one o'clock. So when you start messing with my time, yeah, I want to be on national primetime TV, just like you. And and then all of a sudden, well, this is what that means. I don't like this. This isn't any fun. Yeah.
4: Give me, give me the one o'clock kickoffs all day. Maybe four, maybe we could stretch it to four once in a while, but the, the night games aren't for me anymore.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't need a Monday night game. I don't need a Sunday night game. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started, Mr. Goddard. First question this week. Question one. Is Derrick Henry... Well, Derrick Henry will get more than 75 rushing yards this week. Is that real or silly?
4: Uh, I'm going to go silly here. A bunch of silliness. And... I feel like immediately it sounds like heresy coming out of my mouth. Um, I have the utmost respect for Derrick Henry and who he is as a running back. Um, but a couple things I look at with this. Um, so last time we played the Titans, it seemed like we were really keying in on, on Derrick Henry and kind of letting the rest of the chips fall as they may. Um, we were able to uh, hold them to 57 yards on 19 carries. Um, and in this game, you know, we're looking at Julio Jones being questionable right now. I do think they're going to try to key in a little bit more on the running game. Um, but that being said, I just don't think their defense is good enough to slow down our offense. And I would anticipate getting out to a pretty quick start and, and trying to make them one dimensional and have to beat us with the passing game. So I'm going to say silly.
2: I'm going to say silly too. It's hard to disagree there. I know that right now we don't really know the status of their two wide receivers and that I guess theoretically could change things because he would be their best offensive weapon that's left and they could try to use him a little more, but if they're behind and you know, running the ball is going to go against that philosophy. It's I, I guess if it happens, either they are mismanaging the game or they have a leader and trying to milk it out. <laughs> but uh, I, I, can't see that happening as much as I respect Eric Henry and this defense is improved. It's not last year's defense. Even we held them down pretty well last year too, but I don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't have a, I don't see a lot of big rushing performances against this team this year and not necessarily because I think we're going to be stellar against the one. I just think that they're going to end up being one dimensional to your point.
4: Yeah. And I think, I think our defense got, enough better at the run defense that it's not, you know, this glaring weakness to attack where it's like, you know, even if they're throwing it all over, even if the bills are throwing it all over the field, we can still run because we can rip off nine, 10 yard trunks at a time. We have seen some runs like that, but for the most part, you know, we've held running games pretty in check. Um, so I think that's even like another layer into it of, you know, it's not this gigantic weakness that that teams are going to key on. We, we have held our own um, in the run defense. Now, Derrick Henry's a, a whole nother animal than anybody we faced. Um, but that being said, kind of just, even if they do focus on trying to get the run game going, I think Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott are, are going to be game planning, knowing that they want to run the ball like that and really key in on being able to shut that down.
2: Yeah. No stiff arms this year. I don't want to see that.
4: (laughs) I don't want to see one like he did to Norman ever again against my team.
2: (laughs) Nope. It's fine on another team. I don't care, but against us, I don't want to see it. All right. Question number two. Question two. Justin Goddard right now, the bills are a four and a half point favorite. Did the bills beat that?
4: Uh, I think that's very real real i think that i I mean even with the the titans being the home team i just feel like that that spread should be a lot bigger um you know not necessarily for some of the outputs that we had against a few of these other teams going in um but going into kansas city and and beating them by 18 that's no slouch of a team and i know they're having their struggles this year um but i'm I'm still not putting Tennessee in the same category as Kansas city. Uh, I think Kansas city's having their struggles, but that's still one of the top three, four teams in the league right now. And I think we might've talked about this in the past. I think Tennessee's kind of the past few years has been like right on the doorstep of being that upper echelon contender in the AFC. And I, I think they're already kind of on the downside of that. I think they're trying to kind of patchwork it to to keep themselves relevant, but I think they have I think they have pretty big issues going on that haven't really been addressed yet.
2: Yeah, I talking about Julio Jones specifically, and that was the plan, right? Having Julio is just really going to change the entire dynamic of their offense. And by the way, Brian Tannehill is a good quarterback. I wouldn't say he's elite. I might not even put him in the top 10, but he's very good. And with those two wide receivers in that running game, he can put up some points. Now we're going to go into this game potentially without those two wide receivers. And when they made the trade for Julio, you might remember there was a lot of chirping in the mafia that we should have made that trade, right? Stefan Diggs and Julio Jones. Oh my gosh, nobody will ever stop us. But I contend that I think that it was a good trade for them. And if we would have made that trade, but it would not have been a good trade for us because they gave up a second round pick for what they still hope to be an elite wide receiver. And statistically and historically, there's not been that many elite receiving years after the age of 32, 33, you know, wide receivers that have had, let's say a 1200 yard year it falls off the cliff. There may have, I, I did the numbers a while ago and I it may have been like four or five different wide receivers and that's it. So what are the chances you're going to get that? I don't know, but I can't see them scoring enough points to keep up with us. Even if those two are in there, honestly, as bad as their defense is, uh, sure they might get some, but they won't keep up with us. So I, I have to agree with you. That's an easy cover.
4: Yeah. And everything you said about Julio Jones there, uh, it, it was it was all the reasons why I didn't really want the bills to go after a move like that. If it was like a fourth round pick or something like that, sure. And no disrespect to Julio Jones, he's still one of my favorite receivers in the game. Um, But to give up a second round pick for an aging veteran, you know, even if he's, even if he still plays like really good above average receiver in the league, you're likely not ever going to recapture, you know what he was and a second round pick there. It's just too rich to try to recapture some of that glory at the end of somebody's career. I'd rather be taking swings on, on a young man, 21, 22, something like that.
2: Yeah. You get name recognition. You get a guy that you, well, (laughs) that you should see on game day, uh, but he's hurt right now and you're getting diminishing returns. You know, think Tio, with Buffalo wasn't Tio with San Francisco. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm glad they did. I think it was a good move for them. And if I'm a Tennessee fan, I like that move, but as a bills fan, if we'd made it, I really would have hated it. All right. On to question number three. Question three. Now this is a tricky one because we don't know if Julio and AJ Brown are going to play this week, but Do you think the Titans will score more than 20 points against this seemingly impressive Bills defense?
4: Um, So I'm going to operate on the assumption that both of them play this week, and I'm still going to say the answer is silly. A bunch of silliness. Um, So when you're looking at this, going into the Chiefs game, our previous four opponents combined scored 44 points. You add in, you add in the Chiefs team, so that's uh, five teams over five weeks, sixty-four points. So that we're we're allowing an average of twelve and a half points a game. And again, I'm just looking at this kind of apples to apples, even though that's you know not how football works. I just if we were able to hold Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes in check and and only give up twenty points. You know, I know there was some turnovers in there and whatnot. I just don't see, I just don't see the Titans being able to edge out more than that. And I agree with you. I think Tannehill's a good quarterback. I put him somewhere in like the top fifteen. Um, but I think part of where he thrives so much is establishing the run game and making plays off the play action. And I think if you can get that Titans team one dimensional early. Um, he becomes a significantly less impactful quarterback.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Now, I'm going to say something, and a lot of people are going to hear it as me throwing cold water on our positive vibes, but that's not what I'm doing. Yes, shutouts in the NFL are rare, and they're hard to do. I don't care if it is Davis Mills. And holding Patrick Mahomes to 20 points, by the way, in Kansas City, that's impressive. Do I think our numbers are skewed a little bit? I do. I do. Because we played a bad Pittsburgh team and then we had all the backups. And yes, Patrick Mahomes' games mattered. That is not what I'm saying. I don't want anyone to hear that I'm trashing the Bills' defense. I think our numbers are probably a little bit skewed. We want to point to the the least amount of points against I think a lesser team could maybe not get shutouts, but could still have a good points against. Um, I guess what I want to say is I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if Julio and AJ are healthy and they play that they could get 20 points against us. Like just because the chiefs didn't, doesn't mean I can't ever predict them another team to get more than 20 again. But for this week, I think I'm going to agree with you.
4: Yeah. And to your point of the, the numbers being skewed, I, I don't disagree with you there you look at a game like, like this Chiefs game, and and not only like the impact the defense had, um, limiting what the Chiefs do, but we also had, you know, you take away the the you have the Micah Hyde pick six, you have the Greg Rousseau interception, you have the fumble recovery on a kickoff, you know, the defense keeping the points off the board in in those regards set aside you're still taking away three opportunities from them as well and that's not something that i think you can bank on getting those turnovers every week like that we saw that a lot with miami last year that kind of inflated their defense and now as their turnovers kind of come back to earth all of a sudden they look like a, a very average defense again um so i i do think where our defense is right now compared to last year is a significant step up. I do think they're playing a lot better as a unit. I think the pass rush is there. I think some of these young guys and and star are really contributing in, in the run stuffing department. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they score more than 20. I'm just kind of, I've been trying to be the more measured one, uh, I'm riding high this week and I'm going to say our defense really shuts them down. I'm going to yeah. let myself get a little whimsical.
2: I think maybe part of what was missing from last year is the confidence. I don't know. I'm not a sports psychologist. I'm a dummy with a podcast and a mic, but I feel like when you see the bills on Sundays, they, They're into it more. They feel more intense. They feel more focused. They feel more energetic. You know, I don't know. I feel like there's just a different mentality around the defense and I don't have to be right about that. That's just the way I feel and what it looks like to me. Um, I'm sure if you ask coach about it, he would probably say, sure. Yeah, that's exactly it. But I don't know. Maybe getting shutouts increases your confidence and allows you to play looser, but um, definitely better than last year's defense.
4: Yeah, they, they definitely have a vibe going on with each other. They they look like they're playing really smart football together and, and having a lot of fun doing it. And I think those results are starting to translate more
2: into the play on the field. We have a final bonus question this week. Bonus. Justin. It's the bonus round. Congratulations on making it all the way to the bonus round. Justin Goddard, the Bills are going to get three or more sacks this week against Ryan Tannehill. Is that real or silly?
4: I'm going to say real. Real. And I'm very jazzed up about this one because I think three is, I think we could have made the number a little bit more tricky because I think we're going to get like six sacks. I'm watching, I'm re-watching that Chiefs game and officiating aside, I saw at least five, six plays where Rousseau is just really collapsing the pocket and goes to make a a secondary pass move and he was getting held and it wasn't being called. I just think that he's really showing that he's in the position to make some of these plays and he's like right on the doorstep. And I just don't have the same respect for the Titans as I do for the chiefs. Um, They do have a pretty good offensive line, but it certainly has some weaknesses too. I think I think we're going to see two out of Russo, like one from Epinesa, one from Oliver coming up the middle. I think this is going to be another like five, six sack performance. We're going to really pin our ears back once we, once we get them one dimensional and just go after Tannehill.
2: I like it. I love it. I love it. I want some more of it. I, I'm not going to go as far as you, but yes, I, I think we'll t- I'll take the over on that. We didn't see a lot of sacks this week against Kansas City. The Kansas, You're right. There was a lot of holdings, especially on Gru. They had his arms wrapping him up and in his shoulder pads and everywhere else. And yeah, that was such a just a poorly officiated game. And they have a good offensive line. The Chiefs offensive line is not the same one from last year. They rebuilt it. They may have done better. I think the weak link is Lucas Niang. Right now he seems to have a lot of holding calls go against his him and he's giving up some pressures, but I don't think the Titans are the chiefs offensive line. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I might not go quite as far as you, but I'm, I'm going to take the over. Ryan. Hi Vince. I like it. I like it. All right. What else you got for me? That's all
4: this week, man. Just. Keep enjoying that week. Enjoy this. Uh what do we got? Another, like another twelve hours to enjoy this this win, Kansas City, and we're moving on to Tennessee. I gave us an extra day because it's a Monday game next week. <laughs> okay. I like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, not only do we have to wait all day on Sunday, now we have to wait all day on Monday. Terrible. I don't like I don't like it. I don't like it. I want it back. <laughs> I am somebody called me out on Twitter because he thought it was silly that I said that because at least we're winning. us. well, I don't I think you're missing the point, man, but that's okay. I don't, I'm, I just want my routine. Yeah,
4: I'm a, I'm a very routine based guy. So yeah, I'm all for, let's get it back to Sundays at one as soon as possible.
2: Can we petition the league to change everything back?
4: It's worth a try.
2: How can they say no to the Buffalo on the brain podcast? How can they say no to that? Right. We yeah. Got clout, right. Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Justin Goddard, I have fun with you every week, man. I really appreciate you doing this.
4: Oh, pleasure's all mine, man. I'm I'm just glad to be part of it. I was glad you thought of me when, when we came up with this segment. I
2: look forward to doing it every week. All right. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Well, I guess it'll air a week after, but we'll talk to you next week. And by the time we talk, the game will have already been played. And by the way, this will air actually before. The game next week because it is on a monday so that's something new for us Woo. <laughs> all right justin enjoy the rest of your night you too man thanks
4: for having me again all right
2: we'll see you go bills vince
0: taylor and buffalo on the brain proudly bring to you the mafia hot seat a built-in buffalo production
1: when it's too tough for them it's just right for us be ready it might be chilly i want to ask you a bunch of questions and i want to have them
2: answered immediately ladies and gentlemen of bill's mafia joining me in the mafia hot seat this week first up is a member of the built-in buffalo clan who i love so much welcome to the program misty estelle from not your average podcast
3: in the 716t how are you hey, hi vince i'm doing great how are you i'm always doing better than i deserve I love
2: and that. as jeremy once said that's because i deserve less
3: <laughs> oh no 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 never
2: but T, hey, why don't you plug your social medias and tell us where and when we can hear the Not Your Average podcast in the 716.
3: All right. Well, I am one half of Not Your Average podcast. I have Big Mike as well. We are. I'm on Twitter. He hates Twitter. So I run the Not Your Average podcast Twitter on um, uh, page on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Same thing. Not Your Average podcast and Facebook. Not Your Average Podcast. So it's really simple. (laughs) And I come out on Sundays now. So before you go out to the game, you can listen to me and Mike and our crazy takes.
2: That's right. But also, T drops other little niblets of uh, podcast for your ears. Yes, I got the You Got
3: It. I got the You Got It. We do a You Got It um, person of the game, player of the game, actually. And that drops on Mondays. And I got my picks for the football fi- football picks on thursday so i do that as well and by the uh, way not better but i just put that out there for you guys
2: it is fun though like i don't like to bet either but like go picking against the spread is kind of a mental exercise that it's a lot yes. of fun to,
3: yeah i don't know how to do it so
2: <laughs> i don't know if mike listens to the show and why wouldn't he but uh mike you're, you're absolutely right <laughs> Twitter is a wasteland and you are probably much smarter than all of us for not participating in that he garbage. Hates
3: it. He really hates it. I'm like, dude, you got to, you know, be active on Twitter. He's like, nope. I'm not. I'm like, all right, I'll run it. Don't worry about it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. T,
2: you know the drill. I got all 10 questions open because you're the first one to go this week. Which one would you like?
3: Hmm, I'm going to see what you don't have is one through 10. See, that's 17. I would like 17 because Josh Allen, but I'll go with one because of Sanders had a great game.
2: Yes, I like that. I like the single digit on a wide receiver. First time I saw that in preseason, like, Ooh, I like that a lot.
3: Yeah, it looks a little weird, but I like it.
2: Yeah, definitely different. All right, T. This is an interesting conversation because I suspect that you and I had been on different ends of the fence oh, on this boy. one. So, Dawson Knox, oh, God, right now, 261 yards, five touchdowns on just 18 receptions. His career high, 388 yards, he's already eclipsed his career high in touchdowns because it was previously three.
3: Wow. What is his final stat like going to look like this year? Oh my gosh. So he's at five now. Yeah. And he what how many yards is he at? 261. Ooh. I'll say, and there's six six seventeen games, right? Yes. I'll say. So 12 left. 11, no, 13 touchdowns. Ooh, okay. 750, right? No, I'll give him 950.
2: Wow, I like it. Yeah. Now, now I was not, I was somewhere in the middle. I didn't want to trade for Zach Ertz because I don't like giving up a resource for a guy that is probably honestly on the other half of his career mm-hmm. and is older and not a a game changer and we have to pay him. I didn't want to do right. that either. Right. But I didn't necessarily want Dawson Knox to be the starter. I thought rolling with Jacob Hollister kind of slipping in Knox every now and then was the smarter play. What mm-hmm. a stupid take that was Vince.
3: I was on the, the Dawson Knox train on the bandwagon whatever you want to call it i was rooting for him i was i was a person like me and mike both were saying let's be patient let's be patient it takes time for this tight ends to develop let's be patient let's be pa- patient i was not with any tight end they brought in i don't care who it was sweeney i don't ca- i don't care who it was i needed dawson knox because i seen too much uptake in him to not you know, give him that chance. It's like, if you give him, if you trade him away or if he goes to another team, whatever the case may be, and he's good, you wasted your picks. You wasted the time with Dawson Knox because this is his third year, right? And it takes time. I was always, I'm team Dawson Knox. I just, I was not ready to give up on him.
2: Yeah. But the other side of that coin is you could also stay committed to an asset that never pays out either. So absolutely. Now, Dawson Knox, I never hated the draft pick at all. I liked the draft pick, actually, because his measurables and his athletic ability, mm-hmm. right up there with Gronk, Travis Kelsey. I mean, yep. we saw it this week against the Chiefs. You had a tight end getting behind the defense for, what Absolutely.
3: do you have? Absolutely.
2: Three catches for 100 and, I can't remember, 116 yards. yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, a touchdown. I mean, long catches getting behind the defense. Like, that's a tight end doing that. So I understood the pick and I understood why everybody was so kind of drooling over his ability. But if Mm -hmm. we had stayed committed and if it was like, I don't know, week eight and he had like 110 yards and like four drop passes, I don't know. I felt like it was probably time to just let go.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm glad glad to be wrong.
3: Right. (laughs) Listen, I'm glad we I'm glad I was semi right. And I'm glad people were wrong. You see the apology um, letter that's going around on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) She says, I never had to sign this because I I was right (laughs) from the beginning.
3: I'm not doing I told you so. I'm just saying I kind of knew like I just but, you know, not even that. Like McDermott and um, Bean, they were high on them. It's just like now. I think they have to make a decision about Cody Ford. You know that's coming to light. Like he's not the guy that you got, you guys thought he was. So
2: you need to do a new segment called "I Told You So." <laughs> 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 but I, it feels, like I no their, <laughs> it feels like they've made up. It feels like they've made up their mind about Cody, though. Right yeah. now, it certainly feels that way. He's he's pretty benched and. I don't think he's coming back, honestly. Um, no. I think there's probably people ahead of him. So it feels like they've made up their mind.
3: And it's sad because he was hurt, like, what, two years out of the three he's been here? Because he, he was injured the first, his rookie season. And then he was injured his um, second season. And then, right last, isn't this his third year? Is this his third year or fourth? I, I think this remember. is his third year. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's hurt now, but he's benched. So oh well. So on? Le- yeah, let's
2: let's make a, a comparison here because we're talking about Dawson Knox and we were patient and it paid off. And let's take that same logic and apply it to Tremaine.
3: Oh boy. See now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, T, do I have you? Did you hang up on me? <laughs>
3: Oh my God. You know, I'm just not ready. And I get everybody's point about do you want to give this guy all this money for because maybe he will have a great season, right? This season. But still, do you want to give him this money because he had good one season? And that's and that's the whole thing about Josh. You want to give him this money because he had one great great season. But do you want to trade him away? Because we're seeing now that Tremaine is now he's playing like there's like his hair is on fire. Like he's just doing things now where he's not thinking about it. He's playing free. He's playing physical. So I'm like, this is the guy I needed you to be like last year. And I understand he was hurt, but his last, what this is going into week six, he looks good. You got to give him that. He looks good. I will give him that. He looks better the
2: last couple of games, but I'm, I'm still a little bit more, reserved on him
3: yeah, uh, now absolutely. if he keeps
2: playing like that sure and he's building on it okay you know I don't have to be right about this I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong but I'm not trying to hate on Tremaine my, oh I
3: know you're
2: not yeah m- my problem is giving him the contract he's right now a perfectly reasonable linebacker he's fine I don't there are things he does that I don't like and yes of course he's young but much like my point with Dawson Knox there is a risk there that you give him the money and he doesn't become more than what he is because he is in his fourth year. How much time does he realistically need to have? And you can make the point, well, he'll be younger, but maybe some of the linebackers drafted this year. Okay. That's fair. But he's still been in the league four years. Where's the growth. And Where's the growth (laughs) I need to see. Yeah,
3: And he should understand the defense now. And like, you should, you should have, you know, be more extinct instinct with, Ooh, I messed that word up. But you know what I'm saying? You should be able to just do – go out there and just do what you need to do. So, But I think now Tremaine is is understanding stuff. Like that one play he did in, in the guy – was it um, Alaire.
2: Yes. I know which player you're talking about, and that's what we – that's what I want to see because yeah. he doesn't do that. He doesn't no. shoot the gap and make the tackle. Right. You know why? Because he doesn't diagnose it correctly, and he's always late.
3: Yes. 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 And that, that play right there. I watched that play on like seven to 10 times and I'm like, see, that's the Tremaine I need. Like he read it and just ran. That's it. Like, we need you to do that. Like for 17 games, I need that Tremaine.
2: Yeah. And he made the tackle because he's not a great tackler. You know, there's a lot of times where he gets his hands on somebody and it doesn't go anywhere or there's a blocker on him and he's out of the play forever. He'll never shed a block. He yep. gets put on his ass every now and then, too. So yeah. there's so much that you like because he's very athletic. He's very quick. He's very rangy. He covers the entire field and he's pretty good in coverage. So there's mm-hmm. a, so much to like there. But all together, right now, I'm still pessimistic on getting him that next deal. Yeah.
3: I mean, he. But you know what? And I think players know as well. So I think Tremaine knew last year he didn't play well. He was banged up. He didn't play well. And I think he wants to prove it to everyone that he can and he deserves that contract. But also, too, on the backside of that, you deserve the contract. Now, after the contract, don't slack down. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know his mental state. I don't know if he's one of these guys. like I got the money now. I'm done. We've had that here. We've had that. Marcel. With, uh, oh God, yes. Yes, so we don't need another
2: that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that rate from him. But what do I know, right? I'm only looking at him from afar. But that, that's not. I, I don't feel like that's my read on him. If he got the contract, I think that I would probably not worry about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I w- I would just worry that we give him the contract and he hasn't become that guy yet. That's right. Or my whole stance on him is.
3: Right. Absolutely. I totally understand it because we're looking at him to be that, that linebacker, that all that all pro linebacker. And was like, okay, where's this guy at? You know, we're still waiting. We have Milano. Where are you now? You know, and just imagine if those two were feeding off each other, we would have no issues there. No issues.
2: So yes. Yeah. Both of them playing to that same level with the defensive mm-hmm. line.
3: Woo. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Super yeah, Bowl.
2: That's Super Bowl right there. Yeah. I so let me one more question, T. Let's mm-hmm. just say, let's just say that Tremaine finishes the year and he's going into his fifth year. It, it's it's decision time, right? Essentially, after the fifth year, but at the end of this year, he has another kind of underwhelming, but yeah, okay, maybe the same kind of year he's had before. And you. T, I have a magic wand and I'm making you in charge of the bills and you're in charge of the negotiations. And his camp comes in and says, we think we're worth $18 million a year, but you have the New York giants saying, you know what? I think we like what we see in Chimaine. What if we offered you a first round pick? Ooh, what do you do there?
3: Oh my God, Vince. Um, Oh, my gosh. I think I would. Oh, man. I would keep Jermaine. <laughs> I would. I would keep Jermaine, give him that money, and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Is that kind of like just closing your eyes and taking a swing and just, please, God, make it work? Yes,
3: basically. Because, okay. <laughs> I mean, not to bring up Cody Ford again, but that's what we're at now.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I guess it would depend on how much guaranteed money is on there and the length of the deal. But mm-hmm. if it was contract was written in a way where you could get out of it after like a couple of right. years, that probably would be more appealing to me than, you know, a five year deal where there's a lot what of did, guaranteed money. What did Milano get? Milano got eleven and a half a year, but I don't know how much of that. So it was a four year deal, but I don't know how much of that was guaranteed. I don't remember that.
3: All right. Alrighty. And I can't remember what he got, but maybe you to the guy from San Francisco. Is his name Warren?
2: Uh Fred Warner got like nineteen.
3: Okay. Wait. Tremaine can't. Tremaine can't possibly thinking he's gonna get eighteen. I don't think I don't think you're gonna get eighteen. I don't think he's gonna get eighteen. I think he may get fifteen, seventeen, fifteen, sixteen. I don't think he's gonna get eighteen. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, you're not you're not even nowhere near Warner in the in Forty 49ers. Nowhere near there. He's yeah, a so, tall pro. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's there's a big gap between the two of them. Hell yeah. But I will say if Tremaine ends up playing to that and earning it, I'm gonna be Tremaine's biggest fan. You're not, I'm not gonna hear another no, word out of it. Sure.
3: Me. I mean I have a jersey <laughs> already, but yeah, but yeah, I would definitely be his biggest fan as well. Like you, you fooled a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right, T. You got anything else for me? I do not. You know, Vince, I enjoy talking with you. I love it. Well, I
2: enjoy, I enjoy your show and I enjoy having you on. I believe this is your second time
3: or second time. Okay. Well,
2: we will do it again before the end of the year, at least more and more time. I promise.
3: Okay you bet I'm holding you to that this if, news that you gave me today
2: <laughs> well uh, I haven't let the rest of the world know
3: <laughs> yes. I know that's why I didn't say anything I just said the news <laughs> it could be it could be great news what are you talking about I think it's great news
2: it is great news for me <laughs> right <laughs> alright T enjoy the rest of your night I thank you, you so too, much friend. I appreciate it
3: no problem All right, go Bills go Bills
2: Ladies and gentlemen, next up in the Mafia hot seat this week is, if you're listening to me, you already know who this guy is. He's all over the place. I tease him because he's a robot and he's built to create Bill's content specifically for the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Justice, take a deep breath and tell us where can we find you in all of your shows?
1: Okay, so we have uh first round by on Mondays uh with my man, I'm sorry, Fridays with my man Jake Jordan. We just moved uh to Fridays. That's at 9 p.m. now. Also, Izzy is on that show as well. Um, Izzy has been just a ball of energy that has been, you know, welcomed so much. And uh we, we really like having him on the program. Um every Wednesday, uh you know, uh Homefield Advantage with our yeah, with my boy uh, caveman. Uh that's that's also a great time. Um, and then, you know, my podcast, uh, the one factor comes out every single Tuesday. I have a new show with, uh, Ryan C called armchair GMs. Um, and I think that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all. That's all you do. I I think so. I might be missing (laughs) one or two. (laughs) Uh,
2: yeah, I, that's a good group there. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, everybody knows that, you know, Jake Jordan is, you know, one of, I think, our, uh, our brand's biggest guys. And, yeah. uh, I'm a big fan of caveman Izzy. I like Izzy too. I've had him on the program. once. super easy guy to like, I'm still trying to get to know Ryan a little bit, but that's a good group right there. Of course you got justice leading the pack. So how do you not like that stuff?
1: Oh man, it's, this is like, even before I joined Bills in Buffalo, I was on YouTube every day trying to see, you know, what's the latest with the bills trying to figure out who's saying what about the bills and, and, and everything, you know, tweeting about them 24 seven. So this isn't really new for me. Um, it's not hard to, to work hard when you do what you love, you know what I mean? So, um, I, I love the bills, love talking about them, love watching and rewatching and rewatching. So, I man, this, this is, this is just gravy for me, you know what I mean? And then, especially with the support, uh, that bills mafia gives, they are like, just so supportive and loving It's it's like, it, it makes us, it's too easy. Like I, I spend all my time here and I have no problem with it.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you knew this about me or if you didn't remember this about me, but I live in Indiana. Yeah, I have nobody in my life. None of my friends are bills fans. So I have no way to get this energy and this talking about, except that's what I like about doing this program and being part of the group, uh, getting to talk to so many other great bills fans like yourself, instead of talking to my wife about the bills and watching her eyes glaze over. And she just <laughs> does not care about anything that I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Trust but, me. I, I lived in Tampa. So uh, I, I was in the same exact boat. Nobody around me knew or liked about, you know, the bills or anything like that. Um, so it, definitely understand the situation but um i do want to thank you for having me on your show you know i'm a huge fan of yours you're obviously probably you're probably you have the biggest podcast in our you know network and people absolutely love vince for good reason so um you know i think this is like my fourth time on here and i, I enjoy every single time so uh thank you for having me on again
2: well, thank you for the kind words, but I would contest that. Not there are there's a sizable amount of people who don't care for Vince Taylor, and and that's okay.
1: There's a sizable amount of people who don't care for everybody, so. Eh.
2: Let's go ahead and get started, Mister Justice. You know the drill because you're an old vet by now. So we have ten questions in front of me. Miss Estelle took number one. So which one would
1: you like? Uh, let's go, Tyler Bass, the All Pro. Okay. So far this year,
2: Singletary has 55 carries to Moss's 46. Now, that's because Zach Moss was inactive against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Mm -hmm. last week, it went the other way. Zach Moss had uh, 11 carries to Singletary's six versus the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Who's going to get more carries against Tennessee?
1: Against Tennessee specifically, um, that's a good question. I actually think that Tennessee has some some pretty big holes, and um, I think that that is a game that kind of spells Singletary to me. Um, I think Singletary, you know, whenever like there's a big gap or, you know what I mean, something like that, he's able to hit the hole hard and go out there and, and find yards. Uh, Zach kind of just creates his own yards <laughs> a lot of the times. Uh, so you don't even really need. I mean, of course, a hole would be nice, um, but uh, he he he's going to hit like even the smaller holes and get through them and just burst through and, uh, you know, kind of get his yardage that way. So it, it's not really needed for him. But um, I know I know. I do think that Singletary is the more dynamic runner, personally, Um, but I do think that they kind of net out to the same thing, right? Um, They just get there in different ways, but they're probably going to get you around five yards to carry. Um, I know Zach Moss isn't quite there yet in terms of uh, advanced analytics or statistics, Um, but I, I do think that they are a brilliant just a beautiful one-two punch uh like you know at the beginning of the season i was all team singletary i was like he needs to be the feature back i don't understand why we have other people on the field when we can just run singletary blah 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 and um this season has kind of taught me that like it's really nice to have a one-two punch you know what i mean it's really nice to have you know, different flavors, somebody who can come in, who can make guys miss and, you know, kind of just deflate a defense and then somebody who can come in and just absolutely run over your linebacker or your defensive back and inflate your defense that way. Um, Your deflate rather. Um, So, you know, I, I really like the one 2 punch. I'm a really big fan of both guys now. Um, I wasn't previously too big of a fan of Moss, although I did like him. I thought he had, you know, potential, but I wouldn't have been upset if we traded him away. Now I'm, um, I'm kind of like, you know, both of these guys are going to help us win a Super Bowl. So, um, I, if I have to say specifically for Tennessee, I will go with Devin Singletary.
2: I find it hard to disagree with that. I, this game feels like it is. I, I think that there's a big chance that Josh's stats are down. Because of we could run the ball. And I, I'm not scared of the Tennessee offense with, without Julio. And I don't know. I think A.J.'s probably on track to play. But I, I'm just not as scared of this team as I was last year. And we've done a pretty good job in the past of keeping Derrick Henry bottled up. Maybe we keep doing that. He might be their best offensive option this week if A.J. Brown's not 100%. Brian Tannenhill is a better quarterback than people give him credit for at this stage in his career. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep, score enough points. And This smells like a game where the run game could have a coming-out party. Will it stay that way for the rest of the year? I don't know. This, I agree with you. I think it's Singletary. When you're talking about Zach Moss, I'm liking him more, but I'm still a team motor guy all the way. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I smile when I yep. say that because I, I just – I want – I want a motor Jersey, but I don't want to buy one because I don't think he's going to get a second contract. Right? <laughs> uh, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think they're just, I I just, as much as we love him, I think that there's a business decision, no pun intended with Zach Moss there to be made. Uh, but speaking of business decision with Zach Moss, what I've noticed last couple of games is that he is finishing his runs. He's not pulling up. That's what I've noticed about him, maybe not all the time, but I have noticed when he's done it, is when he's trying to go finish a run, instead of him hitting the defender, he pulls up a little bit and the defender hits him. And when you want to give yourself the moniker you know, business decisions, you have to do that. You have to hit them. That's what business decision means. He's doing that more lately, so I'm feeling better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh he's become just a like a bowling ball and and the defenders are pins at this point. Um I like the I believe it was versus Miami where uh the guy hit him at maybe like the three-yard line, they both bounced back, one bounced back way further, and Zach Moss just continued to chug ahead and uh score the touchdown. Um, t- Tennessee doesn't really scare me you know to your point I, I I find them one-dimensional personally um when I watch them play it doesn't really look like they can get their playmakers the ball too well um I know their offensive line passing wise isn't amazing um and I think that our defensive line would be able to take advantage of that especially the way Ed Oliver and Starlo Tulale is playing. Um, obviously Greg Rousseau is playing absolutely out of his mind as well. Bookie Basham looks like he's coming along as well after being, uh, you know, basically uh coach's decision uh not playing healthy scratch. And he he's come into his own a little bit uh, to the point where at least he's at least getting play time now. Um, but, you know, they it seems like their offense only is Derrick Henry sometimes. And that's, that's a really... Scary way to, to live and die if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, because when you have to go up against team like the Bills, um they, first of all, the, the Tennessee Titans are a bottom 10 passing team with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Granted, um, they haven't been super healthy this year, but even with them healthy, I don't think that they would be much better. Um, just because they haven't been able to get them the ball when they were there. Uh, Like, there was a time where I totally forgot Julio Jones played for the Tennessee Titans, and then I saw a highlight, and he had, like, two catches that game. I was like, oh, yeah, he he does play for that squad now. You know, so I I don't really trust them if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. Um, I don't trust – my coach to be able to scheme something up to get those guys the ball and Julio's a little older now it's not like you can throw him screens and let him work AJ Brown is a different story he's young he's strong he's fast as hell he can make that happen but Julio's not that guy right now um and you know our defense is top 5 against the run top 5 against the pass you're gonna you can't be one-dimensional. Look what we did to the best running team in the league last year in the playoffs. The Ravens, they did virtually nothing on offense. Um, and you know, our defense was able to shut them down completely. I think that our defense is gonna be able to shut down Derrick Henry just like we did last year, despite the the horrendous outcome. Um, but I I do think we'll be able to shut Derrick Henry down because that's what we do. And not only that, but Tennessee's defense isn't anything to write home about either. So I feel like Josh is gonna be able to put up 14, 21 points quickly. And at that point, you're not able to run the ball with Derrick Henry as much as you want to. You're going to be forced to pass into that dangerous secondary that we have. You're going to be forced to like, you know, Ed Oliver, Boogie Basham, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, uh, Star uh, you know, pin their ears back and come after your quarterback, which doesn't spell anything good for you as a Tennessee offensive line. Um, and I think that, you know, football is about matchups, and I think that we win every matchup in this game. Um, So I, I'm really confident in this game, honestly.
2: I'm not calling for it to happen this week, but I don't think that the Tennessee Titans are going to be this bad offensively all year. Like okay. I said, Ryan Tannehill is better than you think. Julio Jones probably doesn't have a lot left in the tank when you compare him to elite wide receivers, he's he's in the back half. He's in the back nine of his career. He's on the decline stage, but he's still got a little bit left and AJ Brown's the guy that's coming up behind him. So I'm, I'm not willing to write them off for the entire season, but I don't think it's happening this week. Maybe it takes a couple of weeks from now, five weeks from now, because the NFL is such a week to week league. We could be thinking and looking at the Tennessee Titans completely different. But I don't think this is the week that it happens.
1: Um, yeah, you're absolutely right, because if you asked somebody two or three weeks ago, there's no way they would tell you that the Chiefs had three losses and they're in the last place in the AFC West. So I completely agree. And honestly, if we look back in another five weeks, the Chargers may not be, you know, a Super Bowl contender. And the Chiefs could very well be right back at the top, Um. you know, of the AFC West, at least I don't see them. You know, reaching the point where they get to the top of the AFC conference anymore. I think that ship has sailed, especially when you consider they have to play the Chargers in L.A. again. They have to play the Raiders twice. They have to play the Packers like they have a lot of games um, where I don't see them necessarily jumping back to the top of the conference. Uh, they would have to earn that the hard way by going on the road and playing an extra playoff game. Um, but the Tennessee Titans could – they're going to win the AFC South. Like, that's thats a given. They're going to have yeah. a home playoff game yeah, uh, just because everybody is so awful. I think the Colts may be able to make a, a comeback for possibly, you know, maybe uh, considering themselves for a wild card spot. But I don't think they – I mean, unless the Titans just fall apart, which I don't see happening, you know, like you said um, – you know, I, I don't see the coast challenging for the the, the South title. Um, so the and and, and you know it, it, they have time to fix it. You know, Tennessee specifically, they have time to fix it because of that very reason. There is nobody putting flame under their feet, so they can you know methodically and slowly just fix their problems and you know be ready come playoff time or you know by the end of the season they can get everything together and they can be you know a, a good football team. So I you know, I absolutely agree.
2: Yeah, as far as the AFC number one overall seed, I mean, obviously the Bills are the favorites right now. They have to be. But if I'm going to pick a couple of teams to keep my eyes on, I don't think the Chiefs there anymore. The Chiefs could still make the playoffs. They could still win the AFC West. I don't think they're getting the number one seed. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the Chargers, kind of got maybe one eye over there. I I know you and I are going to disagree with that, but I don't think the Browns are a team anybody wants to see in the playoffs. I don't think you're going to get the number one seed, but possibly the Ravens. I still think it's the Bills. If our soft schedule, like the hardest teams on our schedule left is the Saints and the Bucks. And after that, who's the next toughest game after that? Maybe the Patriots and what? They're going to be close to a 500 team. Right. Yeah. So it's the Bills. I've never felt more confident about a team in my life. And I've all I'm always the guy that's kind of like, well, you know, I got to look at both sides and no, this is the year. Like, well, the bills are going to get the number one overall seed, And I, <laughs> I, I, I'll, put a wager on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because when you look at all those teams, the Ravens, the Titans, um, there was one more in there, you name, but I can't think of them right now, but they're running teams. Um, specifically uh, the, the guys who could challenge for the, the AFC crown, uh, they they are running teams, and I just I mean, of course, Lamar just threw for four hundred, so you can't discount their passing game right now. But they almost lost to the one in four Colts. one in yep four Colts. They almost lost to the zero and five. They should have lost to the zero and five Lions. Um, so the 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 Ravens don't really scare me at this present point in time. If there was one other team in the AFC to scare me, it would be the Chargers, only because they have a quarterback. They have like, you know, the guy at quarterback. That was the Browns. I don't trust Baker at all. Like like 0%, I think that Baker is an elite quarterback and that he'll be able to lead his team to a Super Bowl. I feel like he may be able to play action his team to a Super Bowl simply because of how uh, prolific his run game is. But I don't think Baker will be the reason that they win the championship. So I, I oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, you're sounding dangerously close to thinking that wins are a QB stat.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. It's not about the wins per se because they're winning and Baker isn't necessarily playing well. Um, It's more so if when, you know, you're – because the Bills' defense is good. That's what it comes down to for me. It's you have to go up against the Bills' defense, right? And and then not only is the Bills' defense great, but the Bills' offense is also great. So you have to – keep up with us in scoring on a great defense. And if you have to punt one or two times and we go up 14, 21 points that run game no longer matters. And you can't you run your way back into the game when the quarterback on the other side of the field is Josh Allen. Right? So that that's where my concern is. If I'm anyone else, a fan of anyone else in the AFC, because I don't think Baker Mayfield can throw his way back into a game to win against the bills. I don't think that Lamar Jackson can throw his way back into a game to win against the bills. And I don't be careful. Think he just had Hill. a 400 yard game. <laughs> Absolutely. He did. And, and I don't take anything away from that. And it was a ver- against a, a, a pretty decent coach team. However, Josh Allen is also going to be, is he, not Carson Wentz. He's going to be on the other f- side of the field. Also throwing a 350, 400 yard game. If you get into a shootout with him, he'll be able to contest you. Um, I don't know if any of those other quarterbacks will be able to do that, especially they don't have a, a great defense to complement, you know, their great offensive attack. I, I feel like the Bills are the most complete team, which is why I don't know if anybody could challenge us at this present moment in time.
2: No, I'm not I'm not saying I we're in the driver's seat. I'm not saying they are threats. I'm just saying if I had to pick threats, those okay. might be the three okay. teams that I look at. Uh Absolutely. I mean the Chargers maybe a little bit more than the other two, but like if I had to pick teams, those would be the ones that you need to look at.
1: Yeah. The chargers, they, they have the quarterback, they have the defense, they have the run game. You know, they're, they're probably the second most complete team in the AFC at this point to the bills. Um, The, the Raiders, I thought, were you know because obviously Derek Carr was playing like an MVP, the defense was looking really, really good. They were you know containing that Chargers offense, which is really good, uh, you know, for a while in that uh Monday Sunday night game, I forget which one. Um, they were containing them pretty well, um, until you know Herbert kind of just went off, but uh, the, the Raiders kind of fell off, so I don't really know what to think of them now. I'm not too afraid of them anymore. I wasn't afraid of them to begin with, but Carl Nassib and uh, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe on that defensive line did concern me. But, you know, Derek Carr has kind of came to earth. And so I'm not as worried about them as I was. And they just lost their head coach. So that's never easy to deal with, you know. Yeah, so. they're,
2: they're, they don't know where they're going right now. It's, right. Uh, it, it, I don't know how to feel about the Raiders. I've never, had strong feelings about them. I don't care for John Gruden, although I thought he was a good coach, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I don't know. Losing your head coach like that after you get a promising start, do I want to, do I feel bad for Raider fans or do I say, whatever, We're a Bills <laughs> fan and we've dealt with all this crap for years. We can get used to it.
1: Nobody, nobody cared about us. Nobody felt bad for us. So you know, let's, <laughs> let's enjoy being the Kings of the Hill. Why not?
2: That's right. That's right. We are, we have, <laughs> There's no Dolphins fans chasing us right now. There's no Patriots. They're, I mean, they're all chasing us, is what I want to say because we're at right. the top and we're gonna be there for a long time. Justice, right? Look Absolutely. at Zach Wilson right now. People want. I mean, Robert Sala came out today and tried to use Josh Allen as a comparison to. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, my man! You can't do that. You're gonna just oh, you, man. GMs that do that are gonna lose their jobs. And then you have the Patriots. Mac Jones was kind of a middling kind of eh, prospect anyway. They picked him in the first round. That's not, he had only to be better than Cam. He mm-hmm. only had to be better than Cam. And Cam was one of the worst quarterbacks ever last year. And they're terrible. So where do we go from here? Tua, Tua's coming back maybe this week. I think that's probably makes our team worse, to be honest. I think he, <laughs> I'd, I'd I rather start Brissett. I think so too. So
1: yeah, I, I can't. Man, it, see, I have this theory that there's only one good quarterback allowed in the AFC East at a time, which is why they, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills just went through so many years with horrible quarterback prospects. And then the first time we finally get a good one, the Jets absolutely ruined their quarterback prospect. And then the Bills, you know, we develop him. And then, you know, the, the GOAT leaves. And, and then, you know, the, the slot was open. So Josh Allen stepped into it. And um, I don't think that that slot's going to be open for another 15 years. So, um, you know, just I don't know, man. That seems to be the only thing that makes sense. There's no reason that, you know, a a specific division should only have one good quarterback for like 20, 20, 24, 25 years, something like that is absolutely insane. Um, So I don't know. Maybe it's just a curse or something. I don't know.
2: Okay. My man, Justice, I can't do my podcast every week if I don't have quality guests to come on and carry me because I can't do it by myself. So thank you. Thank you so much, Justice. I appreciate you giving me looks like about 23 minutes of our time so far.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, every single time I come on here, it's a great time. Great football discussions. You're a great guy. So uh, I had a pleasure, man. I am uh, a great guy. Class. Damn it. I'm a great guy. You are. You are Vince.
2: <laughs> you need to own it. <laughs> all right. Justice. One more time. You plug your social.
1: Oh man. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at J a 17 MVP on Instagram, justice, general, underscore B I B. And, uh, man, just, uh, shout, uh I'm not going to name every show again, but shout out to the caveman, Jake Jordan, um, Ryan C, um, those guys, you know, um, and all, and all the work. That uh, they they do with me, and of course, shout out to my man um, Vince Taylor. Man, I'm I'm so glad that you joined Built in Buffalo. Man is one of, if not the best signing that we've uh, signing like we get paid, <laughs> the best acquisition that we've had on the team. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to to call you a teammate, bro.
2: Uh, ditto, my man. And uh, you give me way too much credit, and you need to have better standards. But <laughs> in, enjoy the rest of your night, sir.
1: Absolutely, you two best.
2: of Buffalo on the Brain and I am not sure that is good for your mental health but I appreciate you sticking around to the end if you would be so kind and if you like the work that we do here at the built-in Buffalo brand the podcast network the YouTube channel please make sure you go out and consider taking a minute to leave a thoughtful review especially on iTunes like follow subscribe tell somebody about us Tell somebody about your favorite shows. I am afraid that I will leave somebody out if I try to start naming all of the good people on this network. But you don't have to take my word for it. Just turning on it every day. There's somebody new for you to put in your ear hole every single day. So, until next week, we will be talking to you on a bye week. And there will be no Mafia hot seat. I think this is the great week of to try to do something new. I have a few guests scheduled to do sort of a roundtable discussion, and I, I think it's a good week to try it. But until then, please be kind, squeeze somebody close to you, wear a mask, and go Bills.
0: If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode, please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention, Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cry-ass.
1: Here we are, I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot
0: podcaster.
1: So got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world
0: come to we're talking about idiot Podcast.
2: Boy, I'm sure glad that's over
1: with. Me too. Yeah, but you know, I learned something today. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. Ah! <laughs>
2: That's all, folks.
1: You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.